Hey listener, this podcast is called Trigger Warning Romance for a reason. It is intended for an 18 plus audience due to the adult context and triggers that may be discussed in each episode. Please check the show notes for a full list of triggers and proceed with caution. You have been properly warned. It's time to count off the triggers. Welcome to Trigger Warning Romance. Woohoo! We're very excited. So, you know, this is the third in the Anna Zayers Twist Me trilogy. We're going to be talking about Hold Me today, and we're super excited for it. It was so good. It was better than I remembered. (laughs) I have to admit, I liked this one better than both of the other two in the series. I I think the series just gets better and better and better as you go along. Yeah. I figured you would like this one because you like a lot of action scenes and things. And there's a lot of action in this one. There was a ton of action in this. But there was some really good character development too. Oh yeah. And all the sexy times. And all the sexy times. I mean, it's just, this one had it all. I just finished it five minutes ago because I have two children. And sometimes I got to read sporadically (laughs) throughout the week. But I couldn't put it down. I was a terrible mother sometimes because I would just... (laughs) I felt a little bit bad about it. Yeah, this one was a doozy. It was a lot of fun. And uh, let's let's start off with the beginning would be a nice place to start. Like Keep Me. Hold Me picks up right at the end of Keep Me. There is Mm -hmm. the time lapse. It's a seamless transition. And I thought, I don't read a lot of I don't read a lot of books that have that. Always there's always that time lapse or that that change. And I thought that the author did a fantastic job of making everything smooth and and flow from one book to the next. Mm-hmm. So we pick up with Hold Me in the hospital in, I think it was Sweden or Switzerland. It was one of those S countries. No offense to anybody in Sweden or Switzerland. I'm, I think it was, I think it's Switzerland. <laughs> but because of right in the, right in the hospital room after, I believe they had some hot hospital sex and mm-hmm. sleep. And we're picking up right after that. Yeah. So I I can't believe we're done with this series. I'm kind of sad. I know, but I am really looking forward to our next series. We're deep diving into Zoe Blake's Ruthless Obsession trilogy. Mm-hmm. Not a trilogy anymore because but there's three books out now. The fourth one is coming out within the next week or two. And then the fifth one comes out, I think it's next month. Yes. And it's just all, it's all good all the way around. So while I'm sad to see this one go, I am ex- super excited for what we are, what we're going to be diving into. Yes, I agree. Where is keep me? No, hold me. Hold me. That's what I'm looking for. I'm not good at names. That's the one thing you're going to, you're going to figure out that Nat is terrible at titles and remembering titles. I will tell you about a book and then I will blank out on the name or I will tell you the wrong name so don't keep me to that (laughs) I on the other hand am great with authors and great with titles but I really suck at details my brain (laughs) just doesn't work that way anymore that's That's what happens when you get old folks yeah Um, well not old I'm old I'm 34 I'm old 
You're 10 years younger than I am. You're a baby. I'm not old. Thank you. That's so kind of you. I haven't been called a baby in quite a while. I feel old. My brain. Okay. Real talk, ladies and gentlemen. I've had two children. And with each child, my brain is called mom brain. It, it should be called something else, but mom brain is real. Your your brain shuts off. You can't process or remember anything besides the last time you changed a diaper or breastfed or it's like all the other functions of your brain completely turn off and it's completely focused on the child. So I have legit mom brain. I can't remember anything, but it's fine. Maybe hopefully it'll come back. I don't know. You guys tell me that those of you who have had children that are older than seven months, (laughs) does your brain ever turn back on? (sighs) But yes. So first, I think we should actually say this. Thank you so much to all the listeners for the lovely reviews and comments and wonderful words that you're saying to me. We have neither Tori or I just really thought anybody would listen to our our little podcast besides possibly our friends to support us. And just the outpouring of support and love and joy that you bring us is really, really, really nice. I never expected any of this. And I'm really glad that you guys are enjoying the podcast and having as much fun as we are making it. Matt, it's absolutely correct. The fact that 48 hours after uploading an episode, we've hit over 100 plays already blows my mind. Yeah. We're incredible. We, we've talked with, with several of you through Facebook and Instagram, and you've reached out to us to let us know what you think. Please, please, please continue to do so. We love hearing from you and we love knowing what you think and, and what you're interested in. We're, I think, as we said an episode or two ago, we're still podcast babies. We're learning. So the best way to learn is by listening to you guys. We love the constructive criticism and the mere fact that you guys want a longer episode. <laughs> do you know what you're asking for? They have no idea, but they're going to learn. <laughs> we, we talk for hours. <laughs> I made the the twist me episode shorter for a reason. I made it shorter because I thought nobody would want to listen to me and you babble for hours on end. So I made it about half an hour, figured that would be enough time for people to the very kindly give to us. And multiple people reached out to me saying, why was it so short? I needed longer. <laughs> You'll get longer, guys. Longer it will be. It will be easy for us. I won't have to edit as much. Of course, that's what Nora said too. Yes. <laughs> Good circling back. Anyway, let's start again. We're reading Hold Me by Anna Zares. We've been pronouncing her name the wrong the whole time that we were talking, by the way, before. She was kind enough to tell me how to pronounce her name. And it's Zares, not Zares. But now we know. And now, now we know. We too. So Nora and Julian wake up in the hospital in Switzerland. And Nora had that nightmare where she's seeing Julian get tortured because he had just been tortured in front of her in front of her before and julian is very upset but then she does admit that she loves him and it's so sweet and julian is not a softy you guys who have who have been reading along with us you know that but i enjoyed the fact that he is really struggling with his feelings for nora mm-hmm. the fact that she can she put herself in so much danger just to rescue him kind of blew his mind 
Yes. It was the last thing he was expecting her to do. Yeah. He said, you you came for me. You saved me. I still have trouble believing that she did that, that she voluntarily placed herself in the hands of a psychotic terrorist to save my life. She didn't do it out of some naive conviction that they wouldn't harm her. No, my pet knew exactly what they were capable of, and she still had the courage to act. I owe my life to the girl I abducted. And I don't quite know how to deal with that. He's having a little bit of an interstitial crisis. (laughs) And it's glorious to see because almost always it's the heroine who goes through this. So it's, it's a real twist, no pun intended, on, on the normal character trope so to speak Mm -hmm. it works very well yeah it does because Nora already came to the grips that she loved him with her herself last book so she's already gone through this she's struggled with it and she's accepted the fact that she loves him now her only problem is that she's trying to accept the fact that she's trying to she thinks she's a horrible person because she loves him so that's her trouble now we'll we'll get to it when she talks to to Rosa later but but yeah and and then you know she admits that she loves him and it's it's a very sweet moment. And then Julian is given the all clear to go back to Columbia. He's all he's fixed up. He's no longer banged up and dying. And that's when Nora asks him for the morning after pill. And she's terrified because she thinks he's going to say no. And he kind of picks up on it a little bit. But then he does say, yeah, I have absolutely no interest in children, Nora. You can have all the birth control you want. But he still kind of holds it against her. He internalizes that. He says, you want the morning after pill? I repeat slowly, still trying to process the idea that Nora, my Nora could be pregnant, pregnant mm-hmm. with a child, a child she clearly doesn't want. And then later he asks her, so you're not sure if you want to have a child with a man like me? So he's taking it personally, even though Nora is 19 and hasn't even started to live, really. The idea of having a child at 19 has got to be terrifying. I would not have known. I mean, I could I can't keep a houseplant alive at 19. I still can't. (laughs) And I, my cats survive because they they meow to tell me they're out of food and water. Um, Does you think I'm kidding? No, I completely understand that. Plants are fickle things. Anyway, so of course they they go back on the plane. Oh, but I want to note that now Julian looks so you know he's dressed up, but his the sleeves of his button-down shirt are ripped to accommodate for the cast of his left arm. And with the bandage across his face, he looks wounded and dangerous at the same time, like a modern-day pirate after a raid. His right arm is bulging with muscles. And his uncovered eye is staring blue in his tanned face. My note here is, I'm not one to say no to a pirate. So in the last book, he was a little concerned that Nora wouldn't find him attractive anymore because he he was his face got carved up a little bit. My only thought is men like Julian with scars are even more attractive than without scars. He should not have worried. Scars make you look hotter, in my opinion. They are badass. They yeah. and. It's, it's mentioned in numerous books, but I think it's mentioned in numerous books because it's so true. Scars just show how strong you are to have survived whatever came after you. And Julian having the scar on his face, Nora certainly seems to agree with us that it makes him hotter. Yeah, 100%. I'm down for it. So, oh, but we didn't mention after Julian tells her he can, ha- she can have the birth control they have some really great doggy style sex because, well, Julian can't really maneuver the way he usually does. But afterwards, he is really cold to her. He's being such an ass to her because she doesn't want this, you know, baby. That he at didn't 19. want either. 
it's yeah, he doesn't really unrealistic, uh, not unrealistic. It's completely, oh, what's the word? Where things just don't make sense. Irrational. Like irrational. irrational. That's the word I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Y'all will, will come to understand. I have some word problem, word finding problems occasionally. So you'll just have we've to just, with me. <laughs> we've discussed this between your word problem findings and my lack of English being my second language, sometimes also word finding issues. Cause I just think of the word in, in Russian instead. This is going to be a great podcast where we just sit here in silence for 10 minutes while we figure out what we're trying to say. <laughs> but people seem to like it. Anyway, so, oh, she's where she's wearing, where she was wearing only a matching white thong and matching bra. Oh, I know why. It's because I think, you know, Julian had her, got, got her some clothes because they were in Switzerland and she was taking clothes off in front of him. And she was only, and I was like, of course she has a matching white thong and bra. To be honest with you, who has matching bra and panty sets for reals? Besides maybe the one that you buy for that special occasion? Not me. And clothes, no, thank you. I don't need something riding up my ass crack. I used to have some cute lingerie stuff because I used to work in a lingerie store, but that was a long time ago. And I'm, it's too much information guys, but I'm still in my maternity, like underpants because they're comfortable. I don't care. They're way too big on me because I no longer have the belly, but they're comfortable. <laughs> but they have the, the cold sex in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yes. But once they get on the plane, things will even back out. Yeah. That's when that's where she's wearing that matching bra and panty set. Yeah, and they ha- they have a flogging scene that is that is just incredibly hot. Oh, please go ahead. Let me find it. I got so much highlighted on this one. Yeah, she hesitates for a moment, then rolls over onto her stomach on your knees. She gets on all fours and, tr- and turns her head to look at me, awaiting further instructions. Such a well-trained pet. Her obedience hypes my lust, my desperate hunger to possess her, and then it goes on. And he says, almost without thinking, I swing the flogger, letting the leather threads bite into the smooth skin of her buttocks. She cries out, her eyes closing as her body stiffens and the darkness inside me takes over, obliterating all remnants of rational thought. I watch almost as if from a distance as the flogger kisses her skin again and again, leaving pink marks and reddening streaks on her back, ass, and thighs. She flinches at the first few strokes, crying out in pain. But as I find a rhythm, her body begins to relax into the strokes anticipating rather than resisting the sting and I personally enjoy flogging he says she's responding to the flogging as if to a sensual caress when it's done right and it's done well absolutely the flogger can be a very fun toy to own is that the thing with the tassels on it kind of okay I'm not up on my kind of like a a cat of nine tails only it doesn't have the barbs and it doesn't have the it usually doesn't have the knots on the end okay you know I do have the internet I should just look it up. <laughs> yeah, that would probably be easiest. Of course. Uh, it's St. Patrick's Day tomorrow. So the first thing that comes up is flogging Molly. It's <laughs> <laughs> a band. It is. It's so funny. Yeah. Okay. It is a thing. It looks like a tassel. I gotcha. I know. I, I see what you're talking about. I, I've no, I don't do that stuff. I'm not opposed to it. It's just not something I, I have friends who, who are into it and they have all sorts of equipment. Me personally. I have two children. I have nowhere to keep this equipment. So we... Well, the black gym bag that we talked about a couple of episodes ago, of course. Yes, that's true. A very large... The thing is, uh, you know, we don't need to get into that. It's... People I know listen to this podcast. It's already (laughs) weird enough. Anyway. (laughs) 
But and then it goes back to a little bit more of that domestic bliss when they when they get back to the estate. It's very it's the stuff that you don't particularly care, but I for but I really care for the normal day to day sexy parts and just regular. Nora is studying for her tests, and Julian is doing all sorts of illegal business. And Nora's continuing to paint. She's got a paint. She's got her instructor. And some big shot in Paris is wanting to display her work. Yeah. We also find out that the spy, Yulia, is is being brought to the, the estate because Lucas wants to torture her. <laughs> We've touched this on this a little bit before, but that will be a, a separate trilogy of, of her story and, and Lucas's story. But... I think before we get there, we find out that Julian has no intention of keeping her promise to Peter to give to give Peter. The oh, yes. Names. So and she is furious about it. The fact that that first off earlier in the, in the book, he threatens Peter. He says, you know, anyone who helps you do something this dangerous again, I'm going to kill them. Yeah. And Julian and she's like Peter personally responsible for Nora's PTSD. It's, you know, you don't sleep, you don't eat, you're not exercising. He he should never have done that. And he says, in the past 24 hours, you've had two panic attacks and a nightmare. It's not fine, right? It's, you're, you're clearly not coping. But he, and, and Nora stands up, she's like, yeah, okay, like, don't worry. She's like, if, if I find out I ever, you ever do something like this again, I, I will kill the person who helped you. And Nora turns pale. Because she doesn't, of course, she doesn't want to be the cause of someone's death. Isn't that where he mentions how she she doesn't cope well with violence against people she loves? Yes. Doesn't he bring Jake up again? Maybe. Oh, yeah. If my pet is sensitive to violence being doled out to those she views as innocent. Like that stupid boy Jake she kissed the night I took her. <laughs> I still want to rip out his insights for touching her. And someday I probably will. Hashtag justice for Jake. It yeah, get any better? <laughs> it's poor Jake. But to make a long story short, Nora comes up with a plan to get the list to send it to Peter. So she yes. hijacks Julian's laptop while he's asleep. She takes it to the bathroom. She she hacks into it because she she's she videoed him putting in his password, and she knows she's going to get caught. Yeah, but she's but anyway. Yeah, and she, what she does beforehand is they have some like she makes sure they have some great sex. So that he like falls asleep right after. And then she sneaks out super quiet, like hugs in the bathroom. I mean, she, uh, my only thing is like, she took way too long to send that list. Like she, she hacked in and she should have just sent it. She sat there reading it for a little while. Yeah. (laughs) That was one of her, her, her non-brighter moments. Yes. But I guess maybe if she was curious, but the other thing that we need to highlight is that there was somebody called George Kabakis on that list. Remember that name. <laughs> Everybody remember that name. And then she she does send it, but oh man, when he broke that door down, that was hot. <laughs> oh yes. But Nora's Nora's been a little ill at this mm-hmm. at this point. She's she's had some, she's very tired. Her, her stomach's been upset. And at this point, she finds out that she's pregnant. Yeah. Well, Dr. Goldstein gets, you know, brought up Goldberg. Sorry, Dr. Goldberg gets. Uh, I have a Dr. Goldstein. That's why I call him that. 
he he gets brought into the estate and he does a blood test, which is like the fastest blood test analysis I've ever known because he took the blood and then he walked out and it seemed like Nora and Julian had about a, a five minute conversation and he came back with the results of that blood test immediately. And I don't know, blood work takes a little longer, no? <laughs> I, I would think so. I think most of the fast pregnancy tests are urine based. Yes. Not blood test. Yeah. I have taken, I have two children. I have taken many a pregnancy test. Um, I have no children, but I've, I've taken my fair share of pregnancy tests also. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, it was just, I guess, Julian Esagara's labs are a little bit faster and she's in shock. They're both in shock that she's pregnant. And she accuses Julian of yeah. possibly ha- having the doctor give her a placebo instead of the morning after pill. Yeah. She said, did you do this? Which isn't given Julian's track record. I wouldn't be, I would be asking the same question because he would totally, although he would, yes, he would do that. But I feel like it's more Julian style to just just been like, no, you can't have the birth control. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't make that leap of logic to the placebo, but I'm not, it doesn't surprise me that she did. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he is not surprised either. He said, no, I don't bother being outraged at her accusation. If I'd wanted her pregnant, I might have considered doing something along those lines. And Nora's smart enough to know that. No, my pet, this is just as much of a shock to me as it is to you. So then he does, he does rape her again. <laughs> but this time he feels bad about it. Yeah, it's a complete shock to him. It's because she's upset and and he when he's when she's upset and he doesn't want her to be upset at him. His number one go to is I will just have sex with you to make you pliant and bend to my will and make you forget. Right. So he he really he I mean, it's it's pretty brutal and it's on page and it's clear Again, because she's saying, no, 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 please don't. She just found out this huge fact about herself and her life is going to change. She's just, she just needs a little bit of time to herself. She just wants some time to herself and he won't let her have it. But after that, he does feel bad. <laughs> As I stare at her, she slowly opens her eyes, meeting my gaze. And for the first time in decades, I taste the bitter ashes of remorse. Excuse me? Did you just say you felt bad? And... As this f- familiar warmth of his body seeps into me, lulling me to sleep, I dream that I feel the brush of his lips against my temple and hear a whispered, I'm sorry. That's the first time that we ever hear Julian, A, admit that that he was wrong and B, apologize for it. She does get over it pretty quickly. I guess she's at this point, she's just used to it. But, and can I get on my little soapbox for a minute? We have a little bit of a, a platform and we were just, we were just talking about rape, right? I was on TikTok. Because as you know, I have a little bit of a problem now. I'm constantly on TikTok. I love my TikTok. And I'm on BookTok. And I happened upon this BookTok author shaming other authors about writing about sexual assault. And I got really peeved because people judge those of us who love to read and those of us who write dark romance, specifically the the non-consensual stuff. And romanticizing it and they're saying that you know she was saying why are you guys romanticizing it we aren't necessarily romanticizing it and we're not romanticizing sexual assault because we think it's okay what people fail to to realize some people is that everybody processes trauma differently and some of us need to cope by rewriting that history and trauma people who have gone through sexual assault sometimes need that catharsis of being able to go through it and process it safely in their own terms. And they want to rewrite their own trauma and get a happily ever after. 
they deserve and give their own reason for the horrible thing that happened to them for happening. So I know I'm probably preaching to the choir because if you're listening to us, you don't judge people who read these things. And this isn't the only <laughs> on you. We, yeah. we are definitely a, a, a no kink shaming podcast, even the strange yeah. ones. I might, might not be our- stand it, but it's your right to have it. Yes, it is not. It might not be our cup of tea, but you do whatever you do, unless it's hurting somebody else who doesn't want to be hurt. <laughs> as long as it's consensual and fine and adult, it's fine. But, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's not the only reason people like to read and write about sexual assault or trauma of any sort. Like my friend doctor said, people are weird in the best way possible. The human brain is weird. And sometimes we just like things because we like it. So the end, end of soapbox rage. Back to the fun. But yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say that they have a little bit of domestic bliss. They play around in the pool a little bit. Mm. Julian keeps coming back to the fact that he hurt Nora. He says, everything I've done to her in the past was calculated to a certain extent. But last night I hurt her without meaning to. I hurt her when all I wanted to do was hold her, heal her. I hurt the woman who's carrying my child. And even if Nora seems to have forgiven me for that, I can't forgive myself. Yeah. But the other thing that happens since he found out that she was pregnant after that very first time he hurt her, he is very gentle during the sex and he won't he won't hurt her in any way. And Nora is like hating it because she got used to liking the the rougher sex. She likes it. She craves it. She wants it. But he won't do it. And she's actually trying to provoke him. It's actually hysterical. She's doing all these things to provoke him to to snap and he just won't snap and it's driving her crazy part of what's going on is julian brings a psychiatrist to the oh, yes. to help nora process everything that's happened and i laughed so hard doctor my husband you know the man who hired you and insisted you come out to the middle of nowhere kept me captive on his island for 15 months and now i'm yep. so brainwashed i can't live without him and i crave abuse of sex oh and we're having a baby Nothing fucked up about that, of course. Regular <laughs> run-of-the-mill crime family. Oh, it's funny as hell. Nora's definitely getting more and more sarcastic as the books progress as well, which I'm living for. I love it. You saw that she had she had some strength in the first book, but it just keeps manifesting as the books go on. Yeah. Her character arc is great. It's amazing. It's a lot of fun. I really, really enjoyed it. But we also get our second blowjob of the whole series in this book. It was um, chapter nine. I put it down. I said, oh, hey, we're getting a second BJ, the whole series laughing. I don't remember where I was trying to go with that, but I, I did take a note of it. I think it's because there's not a lot of that happening in this book. They do a lot of sexy stuff, but not a lot of oral on either other end in book two. It was a lot of just sex, right? Yeah. And I think that, that there's little, there, there's more of an oral take on in book three because yes of pregnancy he's afraid to hurt her he mentioned several times or he thinks several times that he can't do what he wants to do because it might hurt the baby even yeah. though the doctor has said it's okay julian isn't willing to take the risk and and then he does tell her nora last night it wasn't because of peter's list i don't know why i felt compelled to tell her this but i do i want her to understand that i didn't intend to punish her at that moment that the pain i inflicted was not in some part, cool design. It was she. She thought that he he did this because of the list, 
but he really did it because of the baby, because she didn't want his baby. Julia has issues. Just in yeah. case figured that out. I was like, I can't believe this cold-hearted psychopath is growing a conscience. Like, he actually feels bad about it. But yeah, the shrink does tell her that, and it makes her feel better, that all this, the panic attacks and the bad dreams and all that has wasn't necessarily because of all the trauma that she went through. But because of the pregnancy, the hormones make everything a lot more uh, vivid and your your emotions go a little cuckoo. So yes, it was definitely, I mean, the trauma definitely would have, yes, contributed, but it just, the, the pregnancy hormones exacerbated her reaction. So she actually felt better about it because she was like, oh, so I'm not just a baby. <laughs> I'm not just a baby, huh? And she doesn't tell this to the doctor, but she says that part of me can't believe that I still want this dark you know, part of uh, Edgy's lovemaking and that it's not that I'm not left unsatisfied, but it's just that she's craves the intoxicating blend of that pain and pleasure that he got her like hooked on. She's kind of like a junkie, right? He got her hooked on this one specific thing and then he cut her off and now she's jonesing for it. And it's it's sad for Nora, but it's entertaining as hell for us because she does provoke him. Yeah. Is this when the interpreter? Yeah. Oh, and, and then she does ask Rosa and her go take a little stroll, check out the prisoner in Lucas's cabin. Turns out Rosa has a little bit of a crush on Lucas. And she's been snooping on him. Anyway, they find her and Nora is surprised that she's not as shocked by the by the view of this naked lady tied to a wooden chair in the middle of the jungle, more or less. I mean, in a house, but in the middle of the jungle. And she got so upset by the fact that she wasn't upset about it <laughs> that she threw up on the way back. And Rosa felt really bad about it. But she did ask Julian about the the lady and how she she was like, who, you know, who is this person? And he told her who it was. And as soon as she found out that she had something to do with his plane going down, her opinion on the lady completely switched. She still felt bad about it, but she wasn't nearly as upset about her being tortured as she would have been otherwise. <laughs> Well, doesn't she say something? And I, I don't, I don't think I have it highlighted, or at least not in this in this bit. That why didn't we just why didn't we let the Russians do it? Why why did we have to bring her here so it could be personal? And he's like, well, she's going to die brutally anyway. So does it really matter who? And she thinks about it, and she comes to the conclusion that no, it it really doesn't matter. And Julia Julia totally deserves it. But that does trigger this. I need to get out of here. He's changing me too much. I can't. I can't. I just need a. I need to go back to some sort of normal situation. So she begs Julian to take her back to Chicago. She wants to visit her parents. And at first he was completely against it, but he does let her and she's so excited. Um, and then she plans to take Rosa with her on the wink wink because she needs to help make the smoothies her special pregnancy smoothies and whatever else. But it's really because she just wants to she wants to take a friend with her. She wants her friend to, she, Rosa wants to travel and Nora can find an opportunity to help her do that. And she also wants a friend with her. So they did have some pretty hot sex for her to convince him to let her go back to Chicago. Though. Well, of course they did. Of course. I mean, Nora's not stupid, but she wants something from Julian. She just gets naked. <laughs> Boobies. Yeah. I mean, it usually works on most cases for most people. <laughs> But Rosa is thrilled to be going to Chicago. She says it could only, the only thing that would make it better is if it were, she were going to New York City. And then she apologizes because she doesn't want to insult Chicago. Yeah. 
And we're not going to insult either one because they're both lovely in their own ways. One is much cooler than the other, though. So, yeah, she says, Julian, I want to go home. And he says, you are home. And she says, I want to see my parents. This is great and all, but I, I want to go home to my parents. And he's like, well, now is not a good time because of your condition. She's like, well, when is it going to be a good time? When I have a baby or when I have a toddler or when I have a full grown adult who's going to college? I want to see my parents. And he says, don't push me. And she's like, oh, wait, maybe I could push him a little <laughs> what i want you won't like the consequences and despite my determination a tendril of fear coils in my chest i know julian won't hurt me right now but physical punishment isn't the only weapon my husband's arsenal images of jake's brutal beating flashed through my mind i mean yeah jake is still alive so he's still prime candidate for murder fair game as far as julian is concerned but then he starts to like touch her boobies and her stomach and and she says don't don't let it be like this and he says like what like you're mine and then we all know what happened with me straight in her veins folks straight mm-hmm. in that's veins yep yep and she says i'm your wife not your slave and he says you're whatever i wish you to be my pet i own you because that's the way to get convince her to do what he wants that's how mm-hmm. he's trying to get her on board i mean i'm on board <laughs> i was too <laughs> I am so on board for that. Oh, there's something wrong with us in the best way possible. I don't mean it as a takedown. But and then she but then, of course, like she's really excited and she keeps just saying stupid pregnancy hormones because she's crying constantly. Anything, any little thing that happens triggers her into a complete meltdown her face like her. And I can I can attest I've been pregnant twice and it's stupid. The things you cry on about it's real dumb commercials the wind blowing the wrong direction just anything it just makes you so so upset about everything but one of my favorite scenes is when they go to Nora's parents house for dinner they touch down and they go to Nora's parents house and her dad is livid livid and he shook Julian's hand like a little too hard you can see and Nora's freaking out because she's like oh my god what is Julian going to do? Julian is going to freak out, but Julian's just chill. He's just relaxing. And he's like, oh, thanks for having us. It's very nice. Blah, blah, blah. And Rosa's smiling. And, you know, Rosa was asking, oh, isn't it a little too late? And he's like, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Like, they really want to see Nora. So, and then she, Nora was commenting in her mind, like, of course, he's not concerned with intruding on their time in the evening. He's completely un- unapologetic about abducting their daughter why would he care about stopping by after nine but he did bring up the fact that Nora is married to a very wealthy man now so like they don't have to worry about her and the fact that they're having a baby her mom her mo- oh that's the other thing we didn't even mention Nora hadn't told her parents about the pregnancy for a long time and Julian was real peeved about that because she- he felt like she wasn't acknowledging the baby and thusly not acknowledging a part of him because that makes sense. But her mom is very smart about the whole situation. She keeps elbowing her dad and being, stop being an asshole. You're going to be an asshole. He's not going to let us see her again. And she did this before on the video chats. But the problem now is Julian's right there face to face with her parents. And her dad snapped and he said, you think that the child is the only problem here? You stole our daughter. And that's when her mom was I apologize for my husband's manners. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Obviously, we're very happy with the ability to provide for her. That whole scene was hysterical to me. And it's about this time that that we meet Frank, the his CIA contact, I guess is the right word. 
Frank shows up at Nora's parents' house, waiting in the car, and summons Julian out to have a chat. And he tells Julian, you don't have any reason to be here. And Julian's a little bit of a smart ass because he, he doesn't take it as being here in the United States. He's taking, he, he takes it to be here at Nora's parents. And he says, my wife's parents are here. Your wife, Frank snorts. You mean that 18 year old you kidnapped? Nora's 20 now, or we'll be in a couple of days, but I don't correct him. Her age is hardly the main issue. That's the one I say coolly, as you know, full well, since you dragged me from dinner with her parents, my in-laws. And this is what got me. Frank Gate gives me an incredulous stare. Are you fucking serious? Where do you get the balls to look those people in the eye? You abducted their daughter. I'm telling you, Julian has to carry a separate suitcase for the size of his balls. Yeah, he could care less about anyone's opinion. Besides Nora's, he cares about her opinion, but nobody else's. But he returns and it's a lovely dinner. And then Julia's Julia's like, we got to go because... Nora's pregnant and she needs her rest. And he's bought this mansion in a very fancy pants part of Nora's parents' neighborhood or like a w- around Nora's uh, parents' neighborhood. And then they get home and she says, my former captor and I just had dinner with my parents, like a family. It's so absurd that I still can't believe it happened. <laughs> it's true. But then they go to the bedroom and Nora stands next to a four poster bed and Julian has thoughts he got some very intense thoughts and she says he may want to take care of me but at this particular moment he also wants to devour me that's sexy that's very sexy Mm -hmm. and then he does tie her up i had the thought does he routinely bring rope and sex toys with him on vacation or did he have somebody specifically shop to stock that in the bedroom i mean how exactly did the rope come to be in the bedroom i'm I'm thinking that it was already there. I'm thinking he's got a list that he gives to one of the the people that shop for him whenever he buys a house. And that house is stocked with a a set of stuff, equipment, shall we call it. So I'm assuming that the four-posted bed was there for a reason, because I'm sure that bed bed wasn't there before they bought the house. And the rope was probably there because it was on the shopping list, (laughs) the standard shopping list. But that, that tickled me. Because yeah, I mean, what everybody has is, you know, right in their bedstand, right where they can easily access it. I oh, mean, Julian. This is a romance novel, right? And some things we don't need to think about. We don't need to think about how it became there, okay? We just need to know that it was there and it was used properly, okay? And boy, did he use it properly. That was probably my favorite sex scene of the whole book. It was really, really, really well done because he tied her up, put a blindfold on her, cut her clothes off all sexy like with scissors and then left. <laughs> and she's, um, I'm, I'm all turned on here. Where did he go? Hello. And we find out later on that he left because he was about to like snap and, and hurt her. And he promised himself that he wouldn't do it anymore. At least not until she had the baby, I guess. <laughs> that was his original plan. This, this scene has... I highlight one of the the moments in this particular scene because the sex scenes aren't just sex. It's not about tab A and slot B. She says, his raw male power, even if I weren't restrained, I'd feel helpless and small, surrounded as I am by him. But with the rope on my ankles and wrists, that feeling is magnified. I can hardly breathe under his weight, but it doesn't matter. Even air feels optional at the moment. All I need is Julian. The way that, that Anna's, 
Zayers puts those type of thoughts in with the sex it's what really makes the sex scenes so great in my opinion i 100 percent agree I, I think we said this in the last episode the way that anna writes her her books with the sex scenes the sex scenes are not there as filler they're doing work in the book they're progressing the characters they're showing us how they're feeling i mean it's hot it's it does the the job of being a great sex scene at the same time but it's not just there to be there. It's there for a specific reason. I mean, if you want to just read the sex scenes for the fun of it, there's nothing wrong with it. We're not going to judge. But if you're looking at it as a whole scope from the book in total, I mean, this this book had a lot of sex in it too. It had a lot more action too, but it had a lot of sex. Not Maybe not as much as book two. I think book two had probably the most sex I in it. So. But the sex here is showing us that Julian can restrain himself when he actually wants to. And he's growing as a person because he actually cares for Nora and wants wants to be better for her and he doesn't want to hurt her but we also are seeing that Nora wants to be hurt so it's kind of like that chicken or the egg situation of which changed first maybe scratch that Nora because Nora always grows first Julian's a little slow poke because he's got three thoughts in his head murder anybody who killed Nora have sex with Nora care for Nora those are the thoughts (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Pretty simple when, you, when it boils down to it. But after this incredibly sexy scene, they, they go to bed, they get up the next morning, and Julian has to go to a meeting. And Nora says she wants to, to do things, normal things, like get her hair cut. And she has lunch with the girls. Leah, who we met in book one, we find out Leah is dating Jake. And it's, it's serious. They're living together now. And she's still uncomfortable about telling Nora. And she's like, don't worry about it. We, we went out once. Go you. But Leah and Jenny are trying to come to grips with why does Nora feel the way she does about Julian? How, how could she possibly love the guy that kidnapped her and took her away? I just want to oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just want to rewind a little bit because, again, I have a little nitpicky situation thing that I you seem to like when I say. I want to go back to when they woke up in the morning and she was, as always, with her head on his chest and a leg draped over his thigh and like naked and all soft and cozy. And I'm sorry, does anybody actually sleep? Not I'm not saying cuddle before or after, but actually sleep touching the person next to them because I, I need my space. My better half likes to octopus in his sleep. He's like a heat-seeking missile. And so we we have to have clear divide in the bed because he wants to just wrap his arms and legs around me like I'm his favorite teddy bear. And it is so hot, not hot in the <laughs> sexual, oh my, oh God, oh yes, kind of way. Hot, I think I am dying because the temperature is so incredibly high. Yes. <laughs> It's like, no, just back off. I 100% agree with you. Thankfully, I mean, it's actually pretty horrible. My husband is not a cuddler at all. I have, I am a very, my, my love language is acts of service and physical touch. Okay. I was brought up in a very affectionate family. We were always hugging. So I was brought up in a, an affectionate family. I love to cuddle during movies or just hanging out and to the one of the reasons I'm very excited about having children is because I would groom them to want to cuddle me since my <laughs> husband does not. However, I, I, I may have girl bossed a little too close to the sun because my older one, I don't I did not do this with the, the little one. I, I, I've learned my lesson. My older one wants to sleep on top of my face. 
I have that problem with my cat. And it I was finally, when he was, you know, a baby, but now that he's almost 17 pounds, it's sleeping on my face is a problem. Yeah. My, my little, my older one as a baby, I tried, I, I finally got her sleep trained and she sleeps in her own bed. Uh, but for a long, long time, and she was like, not a baby, baby, but she's younger. She's three now. So maybe when she was like one, she slept, she slept right in my armpit and I could not get away. And just like you, I was so hot and so uncomfortable anyway. So I'm glad I'm not the only one. You and I would sleep very well next to each other, far apart. <laughs> I go, I go to as far, as far as building a fort. I have a clear pillow division line in bed with my husband. When we are sleeping, you shall stay on your side. Sadly for him, I, I do spread out and he sleeps on about like three inches of bed, even though we have a king size bed. Anyway, and also when she asked, when Nora asked, well, not asked, when she's like, I want to go get my hair cut and get lunch with the girls. He says, don't cut a lot of hair off, only a few inches. He gets very, very specific about the hair. And that's when Nora decides, Hmm. I might push his buttons a little bit. And not that she cut her hair short, but she got a lot of layers put in because she is trying so hard to push him into having the kind of sex that they had before. And it still doesn't work. No, it doesn't. No. But what made me sad is because, uh, you know, they're talking and and then her friends kind of freeze because and, and Nora instinctively knows, oh, no, Julian's here. And I was so sad for her because she just wanted that one kind of day to to hang out with her friends. He's had her for years, more like he had her for 18 or 15 months on an island by her by himself. Just give her the two hours with the friends, man. Like you don't have to come to dinner. Let her hang out and eat her cheesecake alone. Leah is terrified. She's clearly looking to bolt because I'm sure Jake has told her about his experiences with Julian. But her other friend is very attracted, obviously, and intrigued. And she even says to her before Julian got there, oh, no worries. No wonder you're totally into your captor. He treats you like a princess. Oh, here it is. Yeah, here. Yeah. No wonder you're happy with this guy. He treats you like a freaking princess. If someone gave me Stanford servants and a huge estate, I wouldn't mind being kidnapped either. Same girl. Yeah. She makes a good point. She makes a great point, especially if they're like super hot and into and very, very, very good in bed. Hello. Totally down. Again, not in real life, people, please. <laughs> and I have also come up with what I will now be referring to as book brain and normal in real life brain. My book brain is the Susie Homemaker pregnant barefoot in the kitchen, totally fine with anything and wants an alpha male. And normal me is almost the complete opposite of that. <laughs> so <laughs> you'd like to distinguish it though. Yeah. Feminist brain and book brain. I like it. I, th- I think that's, that's what, cause we were struggling for a while. We, we couldn't come up with what we were going to call it, but yeah, I think book brain and feminist brain is the way to go. And when you read book brain is activated and feminist brain is nowhere to be found. But Julian shows up and he, he makes some kind of comment about did Nora tell you her news? And Nora low-key freaks out because she doesn't want to tell her friends that she's pregnant. She knows that they're going to be judging and not supportive, and she just doesn't want to go there. No, but he doesn't. He tells them about the painting and how some some fancy guy bought him for like 50,000 euros or however much it was. And when he initially told her about it at the dinner with her parents, she was freaking out and she was, oh my God, I would have been happy with somebody paying 50 bucks for my doodles. I feel exactly the same way about people listening to our podcast. Yes. I'm like, wait, people are listening to this? 
people like it we would have just been happy with i don't know 10 people listening to it and we got so many more people listening to it and being so nice about it so and that's exactly how i feel this is my quote-unquote doodle (laughs) and then it was her birthday and she he asks like what she wants to do for her birthday and she really wants to go to a club because she hasn't been to a club since the night she met Julian. And before that, that turned out, didn't we? Yeah. And she really likes going to clubs. She likes dancing. And I mean, she can't drink because she's pregnant, but she likes, she just wants to go have fun. She wants dancing and music. And he's like, okay, we'll go to dinner by ourselves and then we'll go dancing. And she's like, can we please bring Rosa? She really would like to go. So he agrees. And as long as it would be safe. And then it's her birthday and he wakes her up with that birthday massage that he did on the island also the lovely i want one of those for my birthday and can my birthday be tomorrow (laughs) well you're a significant other can actually massage so that's true he can he's great with his hands my my significant other is great with his hands except for when it comes to massaging (laughs) anyway so he does the foot rub and the lovely stuff and then you know of course the other sexy stuff and then they, is that when she goes to the, they, does he take her to the park? No, that's after, right? When, when they go to the park? I believe he gives, they see her parents and he bows out of the, the time with her parents so that Nora can spend some time with them. They, they're having, they have this, this whole domestic, let's catch up on the gossip conversation. And Julian is, I'm beginning to understand why she needed a break from the island because this is so far removed from anything in his experience. And he wants to give that to her. Yeah. And this is where we actually also see him grow a lot as a character, because I think a Julian maybe two books ago would not have let her spend that time with her parents. He would have been too greedy. But he said, even though I would love to spend every single minute of the day with her, I can see that she needs some decompressing time alone with her parents. And the only way her parents will be able to you know, have this time with her is if I'm not there causing stress. So he graciously bows out and lets her hang out with her parents by herself. And then they go to dinner and she looks amazing in this sexy blue dress that's strapless and short. And he notes that's a little too short for his comfort with her being out in the public because he's terrified again that something's going to happen. This whole time, guys, he's had a SWAT team following them everywhere they went. I mean, multiple multiple SUVs she says I feel like a princess or the president or something yeah she I think she compares it to like the White House but then they go to dinner and it's super nice and fancy and then they go to the club with Rosa when they go to the park oh yes Julian has the balls to take her back to the park where he kidnapped her the first time and She's the one who says, you know, let's go for a walk. And he decides, to, he, he takes her to that park and she she has a visceral reaction. Well, of course. She says, I relieve the, the terror of seeing Jake unconscious on the ground and feeling the cruel prick of the needle on my skin. Are you okay? Julian asks. And I realize I must have gone pale. His eyebrows mm-hmm. come together. Nora, it is amazing to me how oblivious this man can be. Yeah, well, she even asks him, why this park? And he says, oh, I already had it scoped out from before. <laughs> like, I know how I, I know this whole layout, so it's safe. I have my people exactly where I want them to be. He's referring to the first time he scoped this park out when he kidnapped her. But she um, asked him during that, during this time, she says, do you ever regret it? Taking mm-hmm. me the way you did. And of course he says no. He says, no, my pet, why would I? I actually really liked that conversation because 
because she asks him, how did you find me? Right. She I've always wanted to kind of know that you know, we we get a little bit of that satisfaction from the first book because we we both wanted the POV from Julian's side from that first book. And we get a little bit of that because she asks him, how did you find me? And he said, I had one of my guards follow you home. And she's like, that's stupid, simple, brilliant. Of course. She said, "Is did you already know you wanted to kidnap me then? And he said, no, I didn't. I just wanted to make sure you got home safe. At least that's what I told myself. She's like, when did you figure out that you wanted to take me? And he said, not on, I think graduation is when he decided. Yes. Because he said, I wanted to see you in person again. Because I didn't think, I thought I was lying to myself. And I thought I made it out, made you out better in my mind. And the pictures that the guard, the, the guards that were following you were sending me were not true to life. And then I saw you at the graduation and I decided, no, no. I want you. So then we all know how that ended up. That walk in the park also gave them a chance to interact with a child. Which was great. Yes. I mean, it's Julian. We never expected him to be good with children. But he actually was quite good with this cute little two-year-old girl who ran up to them with a ball. I think they both had a little bit of a closure moment about the baby that they're going to have. Because Nora saw him being a normal human being with a child. (laughs) And that caused a little bit of normalcy for her. And then he, I think he really enjoyed that little interaction with a baby. And he said, oh man, I really want to see her, the baby. Well, not, I don't know what I'm saying. You, you go. We're just seeing her pregnant with his child. And she even has a moment of clarity where she thinks maybe we could have a normal family. Maybe he could be the way he was with that little girl with ours. And that gives her a little bit of hope. And I think that that calms her fears. Yeah, that was really nice. But then they go then they go to the club. They're having a really fun time and they're having a sexy dance together. Because <laughs> of course Julian can dance, right? He can do everything, right? He can do anything and everything. So of course he can dance. And Rosa finds a couple of guys to do some sexy dancing of her own with. Mm-hmm. And they they move away, giving Julian and Nora a little bit of space and a little bit of privacy or as much privacy as you can get on a crowded dance floor in the middle of a nightclub to enjoy that that sexy dance. Yeah. And Lucas is real unhappy about this, by the way. He does not want to be there because he found out that Julia escaped. Dun, dun, dun. Stay tuned. And so he's living and he just wants to get home. But then Rosa ends up going to the bathroom or something. And then Nora decides she needs to go to the bathroom too. So she goes and she finds, I mean, it's, it's pretty, again, trigger warning. Like she found, she found out that Rosa got dragged off and is going to get raped by these people. And then Nora barges into the bathroom past this kid, bites him pretty much to get into the bathroom. And that's when Julian hears her screaming and follows and, the tracker. This is, this is my little. Let's go off on. Let's let's go off for a moment. Yes, please. Let's go. Nora has three trackers, and when you think tracker, you think, oh, it will give the GPS location of where she is. No, he tracks. He uses this tracker to track her down to the feet. He walks by the bathroom, and he's well. She's not in there. The tracker shows she's thirty feet to the side. How specific is that? Well, it's a Julian tracker. It's. It's extra fancy. It's only the best tracker technology tracker technology could be. But Julian comes in just as the guy who's attacking Rosa takes her, starts dragging her off. And the other one tells him, well, you can have your fun with that one in the car. I'm going to take this one now. 
And then Julian shows up and it is oh. all over. Yeah, the, the, the guy had no chance. <laughs> I mean, poor guy. Just done. No hashtag justice for this dude. No, I mean, he deserved it. He deserved it. But Julian killed him dead quite fast. And then Nora's still freaking out. Rosa, they took Rosa. So he, Julian got Lucas and they, first of all, okay, I, I understand again, this is a romance novel. <laughs> Julian and Lucas go to the, this packed nightclub just full of weapons under their clothes <laughs> just there's there how are you dancing with guns and knives and whatever else strapped to you and where is the security for this club nobody pat anybody down anymore where um, are the metal detectors yeah right well i don't know Do they have metal detectors at clubs i haven't been in a club in I quite a while it's been so long since i've been in one <laughs> But they have them in schools nowadays, so yeah, it would make sense to me in a bizarre kind of way. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that was just my, my because when they were explaining what they looked like and all the stuff that they had underneath their fancy outfits to go dancing with, I just g- giggled. I like literally audibly giggled. But I mean, long story short, they get Rosa back and then they do now have a little bit of a problem because <laughs> they want to go kill all these people that took Nora and Rosa. But first they go to the hospital because trigger warning, Nora's having a miscarriage and they show up at the hospital. The, the doctor, there's a young, very young, cute doctor whose name is Dr. Kobakis. Do you remember that name? Perhaps it was on a list. A special list. Yes. And the doctor's like, look, she's fine. It's, it's a horrible thing that's happening, but she was very, very, it was very early in her pregnancy and it wasn't necessarily because of what happened. Like sometimes these things just happen. So the good news is there's nothing wrong. You can try for another baby. It, it's, it could have just been not the right. Like there's many reasons for, for a miscarriage to happen. And it wasn't necessarily because of this traumatic event that, that happened. But Nora just wants to go home. Well, Nora is beating herself to pieces. Over this. Yeah. If only she hadn't wanted to go out. If only she hadn't wanted to take Rosa if only she hadn't insisted on going to Chicago, she just beats herself to a pulp. Yeah, she's really upset. Blaming herself, and I'm sure a lot of people do that when when they have. I I I've never I've never been in that position, but I can only imagine how how difficult that must be to accept. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've never had that happen to me either, thankfully. But I thought that I was having one at one point and it was the worst feeling in the world so i could only imagine if it actually happened for nora and julian and nora are both upset because at this point they were happy and they they accepted the fact that they were gonna have a baby and they were looking forward to it so it was really sad for them that puts the nail in the coffin julian is out for blood at this point not only did they hurt nora not only did they hurt rosa they essentially killed his child and he's not having it. Mm-mm. So he he does track down that this crime family that ha- did this to them, because, of course, it's a crime family. It's not, it's not, it's not just a random act. And, and he does he does kill people. <laughs> Him and, and Lucas get busy. And Julian recognizes that it's a problem because it's a prominent crime family. And Julian is trying to figure out how exactly he's going to enact the vengeance that his that his blood is desiring. Yes, yes. And 
he decides that the best way to solve the problem is to send Nora and her parents back to the compound in Columbia. Poor parents. Her poor, poor parents. So they go to her her parents' house. They call and they have him, they have them come over to to their house and they, they tell him, they tell them about the miscarriage. Yeah. And then they say, pack a bag. We're getting out of here. And her dad's like, well, how are we going to tell this to our jobs? And we're going to lose our jobs. And, and Julian's telling him, look, first of all, you don't need a job. I'll, I'll, I got more money than anybody in the world. Secondly, I'll help you find a job if you really need a job. Just, we need to get out of here. ASAP, because I'm going to murder a whole bunch of people and you can't be here for that. Well, it's not so much that he can't be there for for what Julian's going to do. It's that they'll be retaliated against. Yes, exactly. And Nora's mom is, okay, maybe, maybe I can see the sense in what he's saying. And her dad kind of flips out. Yeah, her dad's not very smart. I have to say he's the stupid to live one in this book, which is a very interesting take. And I appreciate it because it's usually the woman. So because her mom is the smart one, she keeps telling her dad to shut up and just go along with whatever, because otherwise they're not going to see their daughter ever again. So so they go and they pick him up and they're on the way to the airport. And Julian has his moment of self-recrimination here. He says, this is all my fault. If Mm -hmm. I've been so eager to give Nora everything she wanted. If I hadn't given in to everything she desired, yeah, this would have happened. Wouldn't have been in that club. Rosa wouldn't have been attacked. We wouldn't have lost the baby. If I didn't let her go to the bathroom alone, because yeah, who needs a security guard to go to the freaking bathroom? But he has all of these regrets. And I think that it's interesting that the author shows how the miscarriage affects him as opposed to just how it, how it affects Nora. I think that that shows so much character growth and so much development from where Julian started out. Yeah. I mean, the, just the fact that he did everything in his power to give her her very best birthday, regardless of his fears for safety, that shows a lot because a previous Julian would have just been like, absolutely not. It's not safe. We're not going. We were staying on this compound. And you're going to deal with it. But against his own better judgment, he decided to go along with it because he wanted to make her happy. And because she got naked. <laughs> the other thing that while Nora's parents are have gone back to their house to, to pack, Nora and Rosa have a conversation about what happened. Nora is in a very unique situation because she's she's been raped. She's had that experience. She says, and, and the the first the, the exact thing she says is, I felt violated, but also cherished. She she works very hard to make a distinction in her brain between what Julian did to her and these guys did to Rosa. And I'm not sure that there really is that much of a distinction. No, I think she not. just needs there to be a distinction. Yes. The only distinction is Julian was much smarter about it, <laughs> to be honest with you, right? Absolutely. He really thought out how to do it. These people were just like, well, this is just what's going to happen. Where They were almost like trigger happy. They didn't want to plan it out. Now, I'm saying that they sh- I'm not saying they should have, but that's just. Well, you find out they do this all the time. They're, the only reason they're not in jail is because of who their daddy is. Got all the, the cops in his pocket. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Nora, of course, and of course, Nora has to justify it to herself because, again, her whole thing is that she's upset with herself for loving him, even though he's this hum- horrible human who's done all these horrible things. And I mean, when they were walking to, was it to, yeah, it was to, to spy on Lucas 
and Nora was saying, well, I'm upset about the baby because what kind of parents are we going to be? Rosa was like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, he's a, he's a horrible human. You know, he don't you know what he does for a living? And Nora, and Rosa was like, well, you just silly, silly moral Americans. Everybody's a, a bad person at some level. And, you know, the baby is part you like you'll be fine. But and then Nora told her, well, I'm a horrible human, too, because I killed Majid and I didn't feel bad about it. And Rosa's like, don't worry about it. I've killed someone too. And Nora was shocked by that. She was like, what do you mean? But you seem so... And Rosa, Rosa said, I seem normal, kind. Yeah, I am. I did it out of self-preservation. We were getting attacked. And if I hadn't killed these two people, they may have killed somebody I loved. So everybody's horrible in their own way and everybody justifies it differently. Anyway, we're on the way. We, we get her parents and we're on the way to the airport. And well, then there's a- Lynn gets the email telling him that they found out who he is, that the mm. O'Sullivan crime family has found out who he is. And he's like, okay, now we got to go. We don't have time to wait. We got to go now. And they're on their way to the airport with her parent, with Nora's parents, when someone starts shooting at them. Yeah, it's like a car chase right out of any uh, of the Fast the Furiouses. <laughs> Behind our guards, seven SUVs. Seven. Now they're in a bulletproof limousine. Remember that. The guards have seven SUVs. There's a whole cavalcade of cars. About a dozen are SUVs and vans, but there are also three Hummers with giant guns mounted on their roofs. Men with assault rifles are hanging out of the car windows, exchanging fire with our guards who are doing the same. What I want to know is how do you get by with that? I don't know. I love it that it's just happening on the Chicago highway. (laughs) (laughs) It was that moment of disbelief. Yeah. And then Julian just whips out a grenade launcher out of nowhere (laughs) and then throws bulletproof vests at everybody. Nora's a little bit shocked, but her parents are freaking out. And then there's a big fight and... Julian blows up a whole bunch of people, but then they blow off the roof of the limousine and it's it's a whole thing. And because these old Sullivan people have the cops in their pockets, there's a police blockade blocking the limo from passing. So Lucas just rams it. <laughs> just, no hesitation, just boom. And of course, because this is our main characters, none of them die. <laughs> None of them get hurt and they do make it onto the plane. (laughs) But not only is there the police blocking the road, there's also a police chopper. Yeah, it's like a whole, it's like an action movie. I mean, it is, the action was insane. I know, I really thought about you during this. I was like, oh, Tori must be loving this. Oh, Tori was loving it. Yes. And, but Nora again comes to Julian's rescue because he gets pinned down by shooters at the airport. And she gets her parents on the plane and she takes a gun and starts, starts shooting back. Her mom, after, after the fact, her mom starts talking about what a horrible person Julian is for killing everyone. And she was like, mom, I did too. She says, what do you think I was doing? Which I thought was a real moment of growth for Nora to finally be able to say, I did what I had to do to survive. And it doesn't make me a bad person. No, she owned it. She was such a badass. I love Nora. Good times. They do find two more of the Thor Sullivan people. They were like waiting for the right moment. I think it was the son, the the main guy and his son. Yeah. And dad dies easy, but Sean is one of the guys, the guy who actually attacked Rosa. And Julian does not make it easy for him. No, it's good. He makes him pay. But after this, they get on the plane and they they get back to Columbia with Nora's parents. 
And Nora finally has the opportunity to come to grips with what she's lost. Yeah. And Julian has the time to come to grips with what he lost. He says the surge of grief is overwhelming, crowding out everything but awareness of this new loss. My child is dead. Yeah, so sad. And it absolutely broke my heart. It's the first time in the entire series that I felt bad for Julian. Yeah, me too. I just wanted to, to hold him and tell him it would all be okay. Even though, obviously, things aren't always okay. I just I just wanted to make it right for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt really bad for him as well. What happens next? I can't remember. They, they do some training. And Nora's parents get more and more frustrated with living on the compound. Zurious jail, as they call it. And Nora is, is continuing to blame herself. Rosa tells her that the very nice, very sweet doctor that took care of her in the hospital was named Dr. Kabakas. Yep. And she realizes that it's the wife of someone on the list that she gave Peter and there is nothing she can do about it. No. And earlier in the book, Julian and Lucas were talking and they were like, well, how many people has he killed already? from the list and it was like seven or something and they're like well he's making quick work of it and they were talking about the gruesome ways that he was murdering these people so now Nora's a little bit upset because she's given this lady's husband's name to this crazy person who's gonna go murder him and she blames herself for that too she says even yeah. whatever's going to happen will be my fault once again I yeah. get that list oh I can't wait to read Peter's book Again, I've already read these, obviously, but oh my God, it's so good. I am looking forward to it. Yeah. But now we're almost at the end of the, of the book. There's, there's not a whole lot left to it. And I, I was feeling pretty, pretty concerned by this point <laughs> because I thought, how are they going to wrap up this blame game? You know, Julian is, is beating himself up. Nora is beating herself up. They aren't talking. They aren't communicating. And the book's about to end. And I want my happy ever end, happy ever after damn it how are she gonna do it <laughs> don't you worry girl she she can do it oh in a heartbeat it was brilliant because she finally and i i don't have the the part highlighted but basically after they have have this sex and it, this almost punishment because julian is trying to break down her walls he says yeah know, she's going to tell me everything that's going through her head i don't know what the problem is i don't know why she's holding back i don't know why she's she's blocking me but I've had enough and she asks if he hates her and she comments that she thought it was that he was punishing her for losing the baby yeah which she has been waiting for the punishment since it since it happens the miscarriage happened and Julian is flabbergasted I mean I don't see why he is right because he's not the most rational person he's blamed her for things that aren't her fault before I didn't understand his surprise either but he was like how why would you think that? He's like, well, you've done it before, man. You blame thing. You blamed Jake for, I mean, she didn't say this, but I'm thinking like you blamed Jake for me not wanting to marry you. It had nothing to do with that. You blamed me not wanting, wanting birth control because I didn't want to have a baby with a man like you. Not necessarily because I was 19. <laughs> You're not the most rational when it comes to these things, man. But Anna Zayers wraps it up beautifully because Nora asks Julian, do you love me? And he says, yes, I love you. I love you so fucking much it hurts. I didn't know it. Or maybe I just didn't want to know it. But it's always been there. I spent most of my life trying not to feel, trying not to let people get close to me. But I fell for you from the very beginning. It just took me two years to realize it. 
Yeah, so sweet. It was like really, really sweet. It was incredibly sweet. And it kind of cuts scene after that. There's there's not a whole lot after that. Nora's parents go back to Chicago. And then comes the epilogue, which is three years later. And we see Nora graduating from Stanford. And she's pregnant. Yes. Yes. And usually I'm not for the baby epilogue. Like I'm usually, I don't like it because it just seems like such a cop out. But it really, really works here. Because obviously they both got over the trauma of what has happened and they've moved on and they're going to have a baby and it's going to be okay. And there's your happily ever after. Nora's graduated and she's got a baby coming and she's still with Crazy Julian. The end. It was a really that good folks, It's the Twist Me trilogy by Sayers. It was so good. I loved this so much. And like you, I think the books got better and better and better. My favorite is probably two, though, out of all of them. Book two. Three was hands down the best. You're gonna just going to have to accept you're wrong. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Fine. But it wasn't as much mine in this one, so I didn't like it as much. I, I see that point. <laughs> see that. It's, and now, of course, we're kidding, but they're, bo- they're all very good books, and we highly recommend all of them. If you haven't read them already, please do check them out. And... And while you're reading, pick up the Ruthless Obsession trilogy or the Ruthless Obsession series by Zoe Blake, because that's what we're diving into next week. Yes. Zoe Blake. My other put it in my veins author. (laughs) She's so good. Just like crack. Absolutely. What's interesting is we started out with a book that I really, really liked and you've never read a series, I should say, because there wasn't a book. And now we're going to do a series that we both really, really like. And then we're going to do a book that you really, really like and I haven't read. Right? I believe so. Yes. If Is that on the schedule? Um, I'm pulling up the schedule now because yeah. I don't remember what comes next. Yes, we're doing we're doing a, a stalker book next after we, after we did Zoe Blake. We've, we've got a stalker stalker coming up and I am nice. super excited for that. I'm excited. I'm very excited. I'm excited for all of these books, but there isn't anything on our list. And, and we've, we've got a list through probably through the beginning of September. I mean, we've, there are yeah. so many books to choose from and so many awesome authors that we want to highlight. We're having a hard time narrowing it down. Yes. But thankfully you guys seem to like our ramblings. So we will just continue doing this until nobody wants to listen to us. <laughs> and then we'll just do it privately the way we started. But we've gone through some things, guys. Like it's been it's been a journey. So we want to start a little thing called palate cleansers. After our, each episode, we're going to tell you what's bringing us joy. So what's bringing you joy this week? What's your palate cleanser, Tori? I had it until you asked me. Of course. And, and <laughs> you asked me and now my brain goes, um... So let me, let me go back because I wrote, I wrote it down. <laughs> so I didn't forget. You see how much that worked for me. Yes, it's fine. And the thing that, that really brought me joy this week is that I have some of the best friends that you could possibly have. One of them went out of her way. She drove six hours to come see the production that I worked on because she wanted to support me. And that just, that, that made my world. That's so sweet. Good job, friend. That's amazing. And now mine's going to sound really trivial next to yours. <laughs> it's not a competition. No, but uh, my both my little kids were 
just under the weather this week and they were sick and I had to give my little baby uh, a nebulizer treatment and if anybody if anybody has ever given a baby a nebulizer treatment it's not a fun experience because they just don't want the thing on their face so I pulled up this song that I found on TikTok of course me and TikTok that was specifically made to make your brain happy and it's called the happy song by Imogen Heap and it's a little kid song and it's literally meant to make your brain happy it is specifically designed for that and my kid will sit there and take this nebulizer treatment and stare at the space when the song is on and it's amazing it's magic so if anybody's having a bad day just pull it up on YouTube it's like a two-minute song but it's makes you happy that's awesome. I haven't, I haven't heard of it. I will, I will have yeah. to pull that up and listen to it. Yeah. And uh, the other thing we did was my older one, because she was also sick. I just let her bum out on the couch and watch uh, cartoons. And I put on some old Soviet cartoons, which made me happy as well, because it brought back my childhood. Some of you might know what I'm talking about. Some of you might not. But Chiborashka, which is this like little, it's, the whole thing is like, you don't know what kind of animal it is, but it's, it's a really fun old claymation cartoon and it just made me happy because it brought back my childhood so those are the two things that made me happy this week what we'd really like for you to do is is in your comments and the messages that you leave us tell us some of what brings you joy what's brought you joy this week share those good times with us and we also ask that that you read and review and some of the reviews that you guys have left have been so incredibly touching so nice and it it just makes my heart want to explode Yes. Because you were so supportive. And that means the world to us personally, but it also makes it easier for other listeners to find us. Yes, absolutely. Please rate and review. We really, really appreciate it. And also follow us on our socials at Trigger Warning Romance on TikTok, Instagram, and the join the Facebook group, Trigger Warning Romance Support Group. Do not tweet us. We don't tweet. Yeah, we're not tweeters. Or you can always email us at romance at gmail.com uh, have a great time reading and we'll see you guys next time <laughs>